0: Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this first Good News Friday of 2023. I'm Roger Martian. There's always good news to talk about. You know that, I know that. Um, but it's important to share good news for a couple different reasons. Obviously, first and foremost, you know, as we today's Epiphany Day, uh, this is the twelfth day of Christmas, if you will. Um, our friends in the Orthodox churches are celebrating. This is a big uh, festival and a big feast, and of course, this is when we get into the season of Epiphany. And then we, uh, the church calendar, I know that the Lutheran Church follows, is a you know very exciting one and a very helpful one too. If you you know if you don't have any sense of the life of Jesus. Just based on uh, not knowing, you know, his historical, you know, significance, obviously as uh, the savior of the world, but I mean, also just in terms of the 33 years he walked the earth, um, I highly recommend you take a look at a denominational background that does follow the church calendar, if you will, uh, which starts with uh, uh, Christ the King Sunday at the end of the year, usually the, right before the start of. Uh, uh advent and then goes all the way through the advent season that goes through epiphany then goes through baptism of jesus and then we get into land eventually and then to easter and then you get into the season of green as we used to call it in the lutheran church where there's uh, you know, the, the the summer and early fall months are our growth and development and I, I glossed over the ascension glossed over you know the the uh the giving of the holy spirit um you know, there are a variety of different days. But today is a big day, obviously, because of the, uh, the, the Day of Epiphany. And, and I think it's appropriate that we begin with talking about the good news of the Lord and speaking about the good news involving a situation that if you look on paper, you might say, why do you think this is good news? A, a man of Christian faith who has been a champion for the sanctity of human life for many, many years lost his job. Why is that good news? Um, you know, well, I'll tell you why. If you have ever been called into a situation where you needed to stand up and say the right thing or do the right thing, even though it was the unpopular thing to do, you'll resonate with this first good news story. Uh, Now, of course, here at the body of, uh, in the body of Christ, there are many different denominations. There are different expressions uh, that people have. And I believe That ultimately, we are getting to the point where more and more people are looking less at the denomination and more at the actual one true body of Christ, and I think that's a good thing. Um, Toward that end, I realize there are many who kind of hang on to their denomination, and uh, will do so in such a way that sometimes I hate to say it, the denomination becomes more important than the actual body of Christ. I've I've been a part. Of several denominations, where if you go to a denominational meeting or you talk to people who are in denominational leadership, they'll tell you the same thing: "We are the church." Basically, we are right. Uh, the Lutherans, the Catholics, the Church of Christ. The, I mean, you'll see all sorts of denominations uh, f- having that expression. And I'll be honest with you: I'm grateful that I grew up in a home where my um, where my dad. Uh, was called to serve in ministry as a minister of music or aka choir director because in doing so he answered the call to where God led him to d- to direct the choir. Uh, he would say, you know, people to call me a minister of music and I'm not a minister per se. My dad's training was in music education. Uh, he earned his doctorate in music education. Um, he served as a music coordinator for many many years in the Orange County Department of Public Education and then moved into being the assistant superintendent in charge of uh, all different types of what you'd call the alternative types of education so uh, anything that had to do with kids with uh, special learning challenges or physical disabilities uh, he was overseeing the correctional schools you know because juveniles go to if they wind up at juvenile hall they still you know state has a mandate to educate these guys and gals. We want to make sure that that's part of the Reformation process. And so my dad was over all that for Orange County for a number of years and then retired, but he was always a church choir director and he was called to whatever church called him to. So we were part of a, a, a congregational church at one point. Uh, we were part of a Methodist church. You're we part of a church that was affiliated with the Dutch Reformed Church. He was part of a Baptist church, Presbyterian church. I mean, saw different denominational expressions. So when people will ask, I'll always, if we have a guest coming on the program, I'll say, look, we don't have a denominational bent here at the Bottom Line Show. Our our whole purpose is to preach Christ and preach him glorified, first and foremost. And so we look at the cultural events of the day through the lens of scripture, through a biblical worldview. Toward that end, um, it's always heartbreaking, but then again, eye-opening. Whenever a major denomination will take action against one of their own, because of what they think is, well, uh, improper speech, inappropriate conduct, that type of thing. And I was stunned over the Christmas holiday to read about a decision that was actually handed down in early November, but it's basically kind of making headlines here. So I want to share this with you. Now, it, it's not good news that he lost his job, but maybe it might be good news. Father Frank Pavone is the director of Priests for Life, the outstanding organization that uh, our friend Dr. Alveda King has been a part of for many years. It's a fabulous pro-life organization, and obviously he's Father prank profound Priest for Life, and he's a member of the Catholic Church. One of the beauties of the pro-life community, I believe, is the fact that people rally around the sanctity of human life first and foremost, and then there are maybe denominational differences, or even people outside the church who will all agree about the value and the sanctity of human life. And It's a great opportunity for us in the body of Christ to witness, to share our faith in Christ, you know, without being jerks about it, but to say that we come at this from a biblical worldview. A lot of people who've been part of secular groups and uh, even atheistic pro-life groups and feminist groups and, you know, gay groups and stuff like that. It's amazing how many people will find their hearts open to the message of the gospel when they don't feel like they're being judged and don't feel like they're having a finger pointed at them. Our job is not to condemn, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. And so toward that end, when I see a group like Priest for Life, I'm like, hey, bring them on. We're brothers and sisters here. And I, you know, I appreciate that. I realize there are some huge differences. I mean, I'm ordained in the Lutheran Church, and they're coming from the, the Catholic Church that believes that they are the Capital C Church. So I'm, you know, it, it's one of those things where we, we want to come to consensus based on what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives, not what historically our denominations have done. So having said that, I have a great deal of respect and admiration for Father Fra- Frank Pavone the National Director of Priest for Life, a leading voice in the Catholic Church against abortion. So you can imagine it was stunning for me to find out that Father Pavone, Father Frank, had been defrocked by the Catholic Church. I mean, as in fired, gone, um, <laughs> We still call him Father Frank, but here's the official letter. This is from Archbishop Christopher Pierre, who's the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, wrote a letter to the U.S. bishops that came out in December saying Father Pavone had been dismissed from the priesthood. Uh, The Archbishop said the prefect for the dicastery of the clergy issued a decision on November 9th over Frank Pavone's alleged, quote, blasphemous communications on social media and persistent disobedience of the lawful instruction of his diocesan bishop father pavone i'm quoting them here was given ample opportunity to defend himself in the canonical meetings and proceedings he was also given multiple opportunities to submit himself to the authority of his diocesan bishop it was determined that father pavone had no reasonable justification for his actions Um, Apparently, he had been investigated by the Archdiocese of Amarillo, Texas, for placing an aborted fetus on the altar and posting a video of it on social media. The photo accompanied the post saying that the Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton for the 2016 presidential campaign and the Democratic Party platform support abortion while abortions seek to protect unborn children. The bishop in Tyler, Texas, Joseph Strickland, wrote on Twitter, the blasphemy is that his holy priest is canceled while an evil president promotes the denial of truth and the murder of an unborn at every turn. Vatican officials promote immorality and denial of the deposit of faith and priests promote gender confusion, devastating lies and evil. Now, understanding that the the concern here is that the Vatican is letting... Uh, LGBTQ-friendly priests continue to minister. People who have been accused of, and in some cases convicted of, uh, sexual misconduct against young children continue. But Father Frank Pavone, now granted, that's a pretty radical movement, no question. If you value the altar in the sanctuary, which Catholics do, Lutherans do, I I don't know how many non-denominational folks do, but that is the presence of God right there. To put a murdered child on the altar—that's pretty. I mean, that's a—that's pretty intense. It's pretty graphic, and yet. And yet. Is it possible that Father Frank was getting after the Democrat part, or getting after the Democrat Party nominee because the Catholic Church was leaning that way? Because the Catholic Church typically votes Democratic, and the Democratic Party platform allows for this kind of thing. Maybe, just maybe showing that video got somebody's attention, and yet how did the, 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 the community of faith in the Vatican respond? Rather than looking at their own actions with regard to the sanctity of human life, they were so put off by the presence of a, an aborted fetus on the altar that they got rid of the messenger instead of listening to the message. Terry Schilling is the president of the American Principles Project, and he tweeted out, just keep in mind that the Pontic, uh, well, the Vatican lets James Martin S.J. Uh, remain a priest after decades of inane heresy. Frank Pavone is a hero for the right to life, and this move is very telling. Uh, James Martin is a Jesuit priest. He's the editor of the Jesuit magazine called America, who's known for his outreach to the LGBTQ community. Now, obviously, Nobody in their right mind as a Christian would say, we're going to run around condemning people who are in the LGBT community because even Jesus didn't come to condemn, he came to save the world. Our message is a message of hope and a message of the good news that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that we as Christians have a responsibility to preach that gospel. But in that preaching... We can then look at sexual sin. We can look at financial sin. We could look at uh, corruption and all of our different sins and say, look, there but for the grace of God go I, and were it not for the sacrifice for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I would be condemned. It's it's interesting that Fr- Father Matthew Schneider, who's a priest with Legionnaires from Christ, has said that Father Provon was not defrocked for being pro-life. No priest would ever be dismissed for that. Uh, if you think that's the issue, I'd invite you to look at his long history of disobedience to the bishop, vulgarity, and misuse of human remains. Once again, they're saying that the Vatican order is more important than the message. Well, quite frankly, Jesus upset the Pharisees a lot too. So I, for one, am standing with Father Frank. The- Apparently now, according to the Vatican, he is to be referred to as a layperson and Mr. Pavone. Um, It's interesting because uh, uh, he hadn't really been notified officially of this judgment. And the fact that they uh, basically have given this verdict, as it were, he's been dismissed from the priesthood and there is no possibility of appeal. Okay. So Father Frank Pavone basically responds by saying the following. Hi, friends, in every profession, including the priesthood, if you defend the unborn, you will be treated like them. The only difference is when they are aborted, We, while they are aborted, we continue to speak loud and clear. So Father Frank Pavone loses his priesthood, his livelihood, his everything-hood, because of his stance to speak the truth in love. Would we be willing to do the same in the culture that we're living in? We'll put this article up at bottomlineshow.com and I wholeheartedly expect that God has more and better ministry opportunities for Father Frank on the other side of this journey. Speaking of on the other side of this journey, it takes a lot of courage to speak the truth. It takes a lot of courage to step out in faith, but it also takes a lot of courage to heal up the wounds that have been done against you. Uh, in a brand new book on this topic, Dr. Tracy Strawberry talks about the courage to heal Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. We have a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Dr. Tracy Strawberry, wife of Major League Baseball great Daryl Strawberry, joins me coming up next to talk about the courage to heal as The Bottom Line continues. Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970, or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year, stock market off 25% in some segments, but yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that lost back.
1: It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account. In an account that in the next two years can never go down, it is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is.
0: But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now.
1: The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1-4-23.
0: Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. One of the questions that Jesus asks people a lot in Scripture is, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? And I know that a lot of times we go through tough seasons and we sustain some really serious hurts. Um, people wound us badly. Uh, sometimes we wound ourselves. And the question then we have to ask is, how are we going to get past the habits that force us into these types of bad decisions these seemingly no-win uh, propositions that we have uh, joining me today here on the bottom line is an expert who's going to help us out dr tracy strawberry international speaker author ceo and yeah if you recognize the last name she's also the wife of that guy who used to play for the dodgers and the mets and I'm talking about daryl strawberry of course <laughs> tracy's latest book is called the courage to heal moving beyond your habits Your Past and Your Pain. And we have a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Dr. Tracy Strawberry, welcome to The Bottom Line Show.
2: Roger, thanks so much for having me. Thank you.
0: Let's get the 800-pound gorilla out of the room first. Uh, Who spotted who first, you or (laughs) Daryl?
2: I spotted him from across the room. Yeah. I spotted him from across the room, yes. Uh And uh, we had a mutual friend there, and they just happened to be holding my car keys. Mm. So when it came time for me to leave... They were sitting right next to Daryl, and when I asked for my car keys, and Daryl stood up and asked me to say, <laughs> mm,
0: "I love it, I love it." I was talking to a counselor friend of mine one time, and I asked her how she and her husband met, and she said, "Well, basically, I chased him for a year until he caught me." And I thought, "Well, that's a good way, <laughs> to, <love> descri- <laughs> a good way to describe it." But you, know, you guys have been married but twenty years or so? I mean, you've got a nice lengthy marriage. Yes, seventeen. Yeah, seventeen yes, yes, I love it. So and, and he's your biggest fan, which I, I we're going to get into the book here, but I love the endorsements. I love the way he's always, you know, hyping you up on social media. And I think it, it's so encouraging to see husbands and wives, you know, just kind of cheering for each other, especially when you've had, uh, you know, past experiences that uh, that could have easily dragged you down and kept you from achieving what God had for you.
2: Yes, yes, he's amazing. And God has done such an incredible work in him. And, um... You know, but God is no respecter of persons when it Mm -hmm. comes to salvation and his power and his love. And Daryl, I just, we are, we champion one another, but it wasn't always like that, Mm -hmm. Roger. And people will learn in the book that um, because of sin, unhealed wounds, Mm -hmm. habits of addiction, Uh, We both have addiction in our past, and many people don't know that about myself. And my addiction to drugs and alcohol was so severe that I lost custody of my three sons. Oh, my. And, yes, when they were younger. And um, that's the power of unhealed wounds in our hearts, and that's the power of living our lives separated from God and living our own way. And one of the things that... I am very clear about addressing in my book, and of course, it's living apart from God, but it's unhealed wounds. People don't realize the power and damage of an unhealed heart, bitterness mm. and brokenness and things that happen to us and how they express themselves and cause great destruction in our lives.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and talking with Dr. Tracy Strawberry today here on The Bottom Line, the book she's referencing is The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. And we have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. I can only imagine, uh, Tracy, when you're dealing with people who have, you know, you're helping, counseling, or maybe people who are, are sitting under your Bible teaching, um, that are coming up and saying, wow, I didn't realize, and I, th- th- I hear this a lot from people too, I didn't realize how badly I'd been hurt. You know, I mean, we, we're pretty much mm-hmm. cognizant of the things that we've done and that we've done, but mm-hmm. then there's the things that happen to us. And it basically, you know, it, it's amazing how they'll kind of come like a thief in the night, and next thing you know, here comes the temptation, and you <laughs> and the temptation mm-hmm. goes from either to do something horrible or the temptation to quit pursuing the healing. You write about that in the book. Talk about what you mean by that.
2: Yes, they do. And God created the soul to never be satisfied. And that's because yeah. he never wants us to get tired of doing his work for Amen. him. Amen. He planted eternity in our hearts. So that's that's his purpose for us. But then the enemy comes in through his his strategies and choices that people make. And hurts can be afflicted upon us through other people that are very damaging. I give examples in my book. For example, I was molested when I was 8 years old mm. and that's a severe mm-hmm, yeah. that's a severe break in the plan of God. I like to call them breaks because it's easy for people if uh, whoever's listening right now, where where did the breaks happen in your life? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are raised in a very volatile household. They're never introduced to God. They don't know the ways of God. There are deep betrayals. People are sexually, mentally, emotionally abused. And then other times it can be a deep betrayal of a romantic partner or relationship or a husband, things of this nature. They produce a brokenness on the inside of us that is, if it's not healed Mm -hmm. by the power of God and by us participating in his way of doing things, we make each other pay for the pain (laughs) of our past. Yeah. For example, in a marriage, that happens all the time. Sure. Daryl and I were making each other pay for the pains of our past and also living outside of the boundaries of God. And that's what I love with the opportunity of having to write a book. There's an entire process that God leads us through that you and I, Roger, both know that we cannot outline an entire, you know, in 20 minutes. Right. So people can sit down and take their own personal walk and personal journey through the details of how God heals the heart.
0: Mm-hmm. And that healing is so essential. Uh, Dr. Tracy Strawberry, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. We have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Tracy, you mentioned some horrific childhood abuse that you experienced at the age of eight years and I, I I can't imagine what it was like to not only live through that, but then to try to process it with your eight year old mind, you know, which which doesn't have a full mm-hmm. understanding okay. of of everything that was happening to you. As you get older, I okay. I I talk to a lot of people, they're in their thirties, their forties, maybe even their fifties, and they've experienced a similar type of trauma and they can't just quote unquote get over it, get past it or whatever. But you'd write mm-hmm. about forgiveness mm-hmm. and how forgiveness is as you call it a crucial step to finding freedom if you want to be healed. Talk about what you mean by that.
2: Yes. Yes, many people are uh, misunderstand forgiveness. In the book I'm very clear. I take four chapters and forgiveness, boundaries and trust are the healing process mm, of God. Mm-hmm. So when we forgive someone, it is the gateway, the entryway to healing. When we withhold forgiveness, we withhold the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. So every benefit that Jesus died to give us is hindered and is held back because when we forgive, we're giving God full permission, we're giving the Holy Spirit full permission to come in and do His deep work that only He can do. And also, Jesus is the only one. Jesus paid the price. He accomplished forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We do not work on it. We do not accomplish it. It is something we freely give and freely receive. Tra- There's a concept that I—go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: keep keep going. I just wanted to add something kind of to underscore what you just said about forgiveness, but please continue, because you're
2: in a role. Mm-hmm. There's a a phrase that I use in my book. I use one sentence to outline the difference. Jesus commands us to forgive immediately because he doesn't want it to create bitterness in our heart that turns into such a wound, that turns into addictions, that Mm. turns into anger, Mm -hmm. that turns into adultery, that turns into these expressions of darkness that harm ourselves and others. So what I tell people is you can say, I forgive you, but I do not trust you. And we may have to navigate this relationship now with specific boundaries so that I can protect my heart while this healing process is taking time. Forgiveness is immediate, Mm -hmm. but trust takes time and is rebuilt. Healing takes time. And boundaries are established when someone is stuck in a cycle of sin, and they just can't seem to get past the, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, but continue to do it again.
0: Boy, I love the way you describe that. Tracy Strawberry is talking about her new book called The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain, which we have a link for up at TheBottomLineShow.com, and talking about forgiveness, which is instantaneous, but then trust has to be rebuilt, boundaries have to be set. And what I was going to share just a couple of moments ago, I'll underscore it here now, the fact that for us in the body of Christ, so many people who have professed faith in Christ are living, you know, God-honoring Christ-centered lives, and yet they've got some healing that needs to happen. We forget that forgiveness is the essence of our relationship with Jesus. I mean, when you get right yeah. down to it, if God did not love the world so much, he didn't send his son to pay the penalty for our sins so that we can be forgiven of our sin, that's the core of who we yeah. are as Christians. So for us to, under, if we can understand that, then we have to understand that yes, if you something did in fact happen to you that's horrible, you you need to be forgiving, but the trust will have to be rebuilt, but the boundaries will have to be in place, and that's where the transformation happens, and it's such a an eye-opening revelation that's been hiding in plain sight for a lot of our listeners, I'm sure. Dr. Tracy Strawberry, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the book is called The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And yes, we will be giving away a copy at the end of the conversation. More of this dialogue in
3: just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of CoverLaw used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Law. Stephanie Cover, She knows the other side.
0: Welcome back to the bottom line. I'm Roger Marsh. Dr. Tracy Strawberry is my guest today here on the bottom line. And as I, yeah, I want spring training to start. So I asked Tracy to come on and we're talking, we've got a lot of baseball talk today. That's all I have to say about that. Tracy Strawberry's brand new book is called The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I have not one, not, this is going to sell for it's one, two three strikes you're out right and take me out to the ball game well i have one two three copies of dr tracy strawberry's book to give away the courage to heal and i'd love to uh, get them to you uh, 800-227-5278 800 227 800 227 is the number to get you through to the bottom line again dr tracy strawberry who knows a thing or two about healing and forgiveness and bad habits and what happens if you have a past that can kind of follow you around like gum stuck on the bottom of your shoe. Her book, The Courage to Heal, will be a big help for you, especially here at the start of the year. The Courage to Heal by Dr. Tracy Strawberry, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. The link is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Three copies to give away. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, more of my conversation with uh, Daryl Strawberry's wife, Dr. Tracy Strawberry, a great theologian in her own right, coming up next as the bottom line continues. Dr. Tracy Strawberry, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Your brand new book is called The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And before the break, Tracy, we were talking about the fact that a crucial step to finding freedom when you're looking to heal and be healed is forgiveness. But... Forgiveness involves some other components, too. And I think a lot of people were, are hesitant to forgive. Tracy, forgive me for over just yeah. overgeneralizing this. But they're hesitant mm-hmm. to forgive simply because they think that means you're condoning everything that happened to you and saying, okay, I'm okay with that. Talk about what forgiveness is, but also maybe more importantly, what forgiveness is not.
2: Yes, and I I outline that in my book, and I take four chapters to outline forgiveness, trust, boundaries, which is the healing process of God. Number one, forgiveness is this, the first step of the healing process. And that gives God permission, like we said before, if you don't give him permission to come in, he's a gentleman. He can't come in and do his wondrous working power to do what only he can do. Right. And I outline in the book what forgiveness is not. It's not condoning what someone has done to you. It does not always mean reconciliation. But I'm also very clear on how people who are married are in covenant marriage, how you navigate through, because you can't just pack your bags and walk away and leave. Right. So how do you navigate through these hard times with these boundaries? How do you rebuild trust from an adultery perspective, um, these deep wounded places? And also um, examining relationships. If you're in a relationship when someone is continuing to hurt you and harm you, examining the relationships. So in the book I outline, we forgive first, but then we examine the relationship. How do we build, rebuild trust? You cannot rebuild trust with someone who's stuck in the cycle of sin. Mm -hmm. So then I call that, as I was with Daryl, a spouse-in-waiting, how do you love them, not leave them without losing yourself? Mm. And I answer that question all throughout the book.
0: You know, I'm... It's encouraging to hear you say that, Tracy, because we talked before in the earlier break about Tracy Strawberry. Of course, is the uh, the wife of uh, former baseball superstar Daryl Strawberry, who's a pastor now and a prolific author, and he it seems like he's on the road all the time. <laughs> he does spend a lot of time yeah, out speaking to different groups, which is <laughs> which is tremendous. But for you to be as transparent to say, "Hey, look," when you know we first met, we were both kind of coming out of some some things, and then we got married, and then we had you know more struggles. I appreciate you sharing that because the, the our desire, I think, for wholeness says, "I want the happily ever after." And if Daryl and Tracy Strawberry have happily ever after, I can get there too. The fact that you acknowledge, mm-hmm. "Hey, wait a minute," you know, we are imperfect people. You know, we we have a perfect Savior, and the sanctification process is just that. Uh, talk about. I mean, it, it's yeah. that way in marriage. It could be that way in. Parent-child relationships or friendships, too. What are some of the things that we need to hold on to and be watching for to say, hey, we're making some progress here. We're, we're seeing some healthy growth, so then we can identify the places where you have to throw the flag and say, hang on, time out, we're, we're, we're kind of getting off course here.
2: That's exactly right. Well, when you get off course, whether it's with um, a spouse or a child, the first thing we have to do is admit. We have to admit what's going on in the relationship. The hard part, Roger, with relationships is if the other person is not willing to admit, if the other person is not willing to change, if the other person is not willing to listen, these types of things. So how do you navigate from there? Trusting in God is first and foremost. It must always be. And there's never a time where you need to dig. dig deeper into Christ and be connected with godly friends, then we have to establish boundaries. Whether the person listens to, obeys the boundary or not, let me give marriage, for example. Daryl and I went through adulteries So, for example, if the adultery, if you're not cutting off the relationship, we're sleeping in a different, we're having different bedrooms, Mm -hmm. and we're not going to share the marriage bed until this thing is over and until this thing is gone. If you have a child that's suffering with addiction, I love you, but I'm not going to give you money. Mm -hmm. I love you, but your but is your boundary, your protective aspect in that. So God is very clear in his word how we navigate practical steps. And that's what I want to encourage somebody, even in the courage to heal, the practical steps. What does that look like when the red flags come? They're not just going to go away on their own. What we do not conquer or confront will conquer us. So there's confronting. People don't like to do that because it's hurtful. Boundaries are very hurtful and harmful. Why do we have to put in a boundary? Because somebody doesn't want to play God's way. They don't want to live God's way. And it's very hurtful, but it's very necessary it's healthy for the person establishing them, and it's healthy for the person who wants to, let's just call it this, maybe walk all over you or take advantage mm-hmm, of you. Mm-hmm. It helps both parties on both sides.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's key. I mean, the, those boundaries especially. I think about uh, my wife Lisa was just back in uh, Texas visiting our grandkids. A new grandson was born recently, and she got a chance to see him. Congratulations. And, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Nazareth and his uh, older sister, Zipporah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because Zipporah is a toddler. And they're in a relatively small apartment type of thing. But still, when she got there, there were baby gates set up all over the place. You know, there's some healthy boundaries of places where when mom is, you know, feeding little brother, you can't go climbing in here and going around there. And I thought, well, we do that for kids. Why don't we do that for ourselves? Why don't we do that for the people that we really love and care about? Because... Those boundaries right. are so helpful, and and I'm glad Dr. Tracy Strawberry has written about this in her book, The Courage to Heal, because if you want to move beyond your habits, your past and your pain, uh, healthy boundaries, healthy trust, uh, forgiveness, those are all essentials. Um, you talk about habits and past and pain, Dr. Tracy Strawberry. Talk about the habit part, if you will. I know that there's kind of a movement in our culture right now on the secular side that says, well, you know, that's just the way I am. That's just I was born this way. You know, I have these tendencies. That's just kind of what we do, et cetera. Like... Don't, don't give me a bad time about the way I like to act. As Christians, of course, we know there are certain behaviors that say, well, those might be habits, but we need to break them. Uh, what what That's what do you right. recommend we do in terms of bringing that thing into the light or helping somebody else maybe you're in a relationship with who needs to bring that in the light as well?
2: Absolutely. Well, there's a difference. Many people will just say, well, just pray. Prayer is one part of the step, but what we're talking about here are patterns. Patterns need to be broken, and they need to be changed. And prayer gives us power, but patterns breaking the pattern is our participation in changing our habit and living by the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit will empower us to do that. The habits for me, such as alcoholism or living a promiscuous lifestyle, there was a time in my life, too, where I had same-sex attraction, and I just thought, I'm going to love the way I want to, and nobody's going to tell me Mm. how to do anything. Let me just address that for one moment. The reason why there's such a difficulty between the two—addiction is very clear. The devastation is great. The pain is awful. It's like a Category 5 hurricane coming through. You can see the destruction. When you talk about same-sex attraction, like somebody tried to talk to me about, what you're doing is you're trespassing on my view of love. I'm not hurting anybody. This is love. You're talking about the way I love. I'm not hurting anybody. Surely God is not opposed to love and a healthy love to where no one's hurting each other. And that's where I had to come to grips with what the Bible said about love. And I had to trust that God alone was going to change the desires in my heart Mm. So what I'm hearing as a person that was struggling with same-sex attraction for a time in my life is, you're telling me I cannot love. You're removing my opportunity. You're telling me I have to go through life without love. And that's not what we're telling you at all. And when I trusted God and I trusted His ways and I safeguarded my life and I stopped looking at certain things and stopped entertaining certain lifestyles, and I guarded myself from the temptations, and I trusted God and went deep into God, He eradicated that desire in me. And then now I was able to experience the fullness of who God created me to be originally. God does not create us in sin. God created Mm. us in His image and likeness, and we are perfect in His image and likeness. Sin enters into us and distorts the desire and that's what happens. The desire is distorted. It's I call it an affliction. It's something we don't ask for. Mm-hmm. It's an affliction. It's not something that we ask for, but it can and will be eradicated by the power of God if you'll just trust them. Mm.
0: Man, that is, you're preaching now, and I love the power of your words, uh, Tracy Strawberry. The book is called The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. We have a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. What do we look for? I mean, in terms of a measurement now, we've got about 90 seconds left in our time together and your, your final chapter in this book about open doors, endless possibilities, the new you, uh, I love the way you said, Hey, look, we're still going to have desires. We're still going to have attractions and things that, you know, that motivate us. The question is not necessarily right. to not have desire. It's to have godly desire, you know, and to move forward. How do we know we're getting it? How do we know it's really taking root?
2: absolutely well when you read the bible it gives us first of all the instruction the guideline which is so powerful and so amazing so we don't have to guess what's right and what's wrong the bible decides sin or excuse me defines sin so we know what's wrong so then god help me be right And when we participate in God's way of doing things, the Bible is very clear that when you delight delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. And those desires will line up with his desires when you line up with him and obey him and do the things that I talk about in the book, like forgiving, setting up boundaries, guarding your life from temptation. What do those things look like? So the viewer who is saying, oh, my gosh, I need more. I didn't get my question answered. Pick up the book so you can walk out that journey.
0: I love it. The book is called The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. We have a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Tracy Strawberry, great to get to meet you. Thank you for your vulnerability and authenticity and sharing Mm -hmm. about your struggles and how God has helped you overcome them. And now you're helping so many others all across the country and all over the world, actually. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Really appreciate your time.
2: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Roger. Thank you.
0: Well, what a great way to kick off our first Good News Friday of the year. Dr. Tracy Strawberry has been my guest today here on The Bottom Line. That book, The Courage to Heal, Moving beyond your habits, your past, and your pain, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. And as I said earlier, yeah, I know it's kind of a corny cliche because... I love baseball and we've got a very, there's a baseball theme running throughout today's Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. Uh, Dr. Tracy Strawberry, of course, the wife of uh, MLB great Daryl Strawberry and the, uh, just a, they're, what a dynamic ministry team they both are with their, their passion for evangelism. Daryl doing men's ministry all over the country all year long and Tracy with her ministry of recovery and healing. Her brand new book is called The Courage to Heal. Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, as I mentioned. And we have three copies. So this is the baseball part. Worth one, two, three strikes, you're right. Well, one, two, three copies of the book, The Courage to Heal, by Tracy Strawberry. Available for you right now as giving away our first big giveaway on Good News Friday for the first Good News Friday of 2023. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Three copies of the book, The Courage to Heal by Dr. Tracy Strawberry. One of them has your name on it, and we would love to place it in your hands. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. As we continue, more good news involving a Christian who was being uh, kind of hamstrung by the media and the unpopular opinion in the, in the secular world, if you will, that we understand to be Uh, Part and parcel with the religious discrimination that a lot of Christians are experiencing these days, but pro-life advocate Kirk Cameron uh, is making headlines yet again. You'll recall that a couple weeks ago I shared with you that Kirk has a children's book out and he's been trying to get into public libraries and be able to read his new faith-based children's book. Well, of course, the reception that he received was less than stellar because, you know, he's a Christian and it's not a drag queen and he's not promoting some kind of pedophilia or whatever else people are doing. I want to talk about the language that's being used to slander and discriminate against Christians, why it's important for us to recognize and not engage in it directly necessarily, but to keep putting the pressure on and following what God would have you do. There's an update of the Kirk Cameron case that you'll find very positive. We'll take a look at it coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now. You give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and last a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to Preborn right now. Call eight three three eight five zero baby 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, Good News Friday edition, the first one for 2023. And uh, Dr. Tracy Strawberry, our first guest for the year, uh, has a brand new book out called The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And Dr. Strawberry has graciously donated the Three copies of her brand new book for a giveaway for our purposes today. So one, two, three strikes. You've got three chances to win when you call 800 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. A couple weeks ago here on The Bottom Line Show, I talked about Kirk Cameron, the actor. Uh, we've been talking about the pro-life community this hour with the shocking news that Father Frank Pavone, I'm still going to call him Father Frank, uh, the Catholic uh, diocese, well, the diocese the Vatican on down to the diocese of the United States has basically defrocked him. He's been stripped of his title father. Uh, he's actually been, he's, he's Mr. Pavone now. He's basically out of a job. He still has his work with priests for life. But he took a very shocking step back in 2016 when Hillary Clinton was running against Donald Trump. Uh, he was very disappointed in the fact that the Catholic Church was basically supporting Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump noting her personal opinion on abortion and the uh, the fact that it should be available through all nine months of pregnancy, that literally it should be available all the way up through labor and delivery and the Democrat Party platform for adopting that as well. Uh, if you look at the statistics, the Catholic Church as a voting bloc typically votes more Democrat than Republican, which boggles my mind to see the fighting for the sanctity of life when it comes to death penalty and abortion. The very, very prolific and and, and outspoken in the pro-life community but then they'll back barack obama hillary clinton i mean you know joe biden anybody who says i'm a catholic but they support the murder of children so father pavone posted a a picture as a video i believe of he got the remains of a aborted child aborted fetus placed it on the altar and said look is this what the church is all about now because that's in essence what you're saying and when confronted with that the catholic church said oh no that's not what we're saying you're blasphemer and you're no longer a priest now it was a pretty radical move but this is the world that we live in brothers and sisters rather than any kind of self reflection from the vatican or from the priesthood in the archdiocese of the united states and other places instead what we get is you're out you're out you're no you're defrocked you're out this cancel Culture mentality, not not any hint of self-reflection. What does the scripture say about the blessed are the, the the wound, the kisses of an enemy are worse than the, the, the scourges of a friend. That's the word I was looking for. I mean, the, the the idea that a friend would tell you the truth in love, and it might hurt, and it might sting, it might cause you to change what you're doing and the way you think and believe. But if it's within the context of your Christian faith, and maybe you were misinterpreting scripture, uh, you know. That's something we should be praising God for. God corrects us because he loves us. So we live in a cancel culture where even a very prominent pro-life priest would find himself out of that job. He's still the director of Priests for Life, and I have a feeling that he's going to land on his feet. He's pretty uh, hes pretty good like that. And God's gracious like that. God's not going to blow him out and then leave him there in the side of the road saying, sorry! But isn't it interesting how in the cancel culture that we live in, you really kind of have to be careful about the way you present your message you want to present it you want to do so effectively and i have to admit when i first heard that kirk cameron was uh, running into problems with public library i was i i, I thought okay well th- this makes perfect sense i mean un- unfortunately it, it perfect sense Here, here's the deal you had 50 different public libraries who had hosted drag queen story hours before and to this day can anyone Explain. Offer a good explanation. Next time someone says, you're a hate homophobe for not supporting these drag queen story hours, let me ask you the question. Why is it so important for men dressed in these outlandish costumes that are obviously feminine, cross-dressing, to read stories about cross-dressing and LGBTQ ideology to young children without parental supervision, without even parental notification, and without any sort of influence from the outside? The left, the champions, the, hey, let's go, uh, let's all show up at uh, Brett Kavanaugh's house and we tell him we don't want him to pass Roe versus Wade and we're going to threaten his family and all. That's fine. That's civil disobedience. That's the American way. But the minute a bunch of Christian parents show up at a drag queen story hour in Austin, Texas, for example, what happens? Antifa is called out with full riot gear to keep these parents away and the LGBTQ activists who are so welcoming and inclusive applaud the use of military force to keep parents who are just asking questions like, why is it so important for you to read these stories to kids? Well, because we know there are a lot of gay kids out there, and we're trying to help them come to terms with their sexuality. Really? Are, seriously, really? Ask your five-year-old grandchild who is a boy what the difference is between a boy and a girl. He's not going to tell you, well, I don't know because there's 73 different gender options. He's going to say, "Well, I got one, and she doesn't." I mean, I hate to put it any crasser than that, but that's the essence of who we are as human beings. And yet, when you put these stories in the minds of children, all of a sudden they start thinking, "Well, wait a minute, maybe I, I don't, I'm not so well. Maybe I mean, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. You know why you don't know? Because you're five and you don't have any reasoning skills like that yet." And the LGBTQ activists know it. So picture this, if you will. Kirk Cameron has a new line of faith-based books for children and said, well, okay, if you're going to do Drag Queen Indoctrination Hour, how about Christian Indoctrination Hour? Oh, no, we can't do that. Separation of church and state, that's too dangerous. We wouldn't want them hearing about God and the Bible, Uh, bringing Dragzilla to tell them about, you know, whatever else. I mean, for crying out loud. So Kirk Cameron went public and said, look, I tried to get into 50 different public libraries. Every single one of them was one that had a Drag Queen Story Hour at some point. And every single one of them said no. Even though they had these drag story hours when he was asking why they would have them. Well, we celebrate the diversity of opinions. Um, really? Okay. So his book series is called As You Grow. It's published by Brave Books. And apparently now... The actor was able to hold two different speaking engagements, one at the Indianapolis Public Library in Indianapolis, Indiana, and the Scarsdale Public Library in Scarsdale, New York, that happened last week. The reason why they went ahead and did this was, quite frankly, um, because he said, I'm willing to take legal action. That's what it boils down to. That's what it boils down to. The fact that legal action is now a requirement to get anything like this on a faith-based level to show up. Um, He recently gave an interview to CBN's Faithwire, and I want to show you the guts of what Kirk Cameron uh, discovered during this whole process and why 50 libraries turned him down, but two finally said, okay, just don't sue us. We'll talk about the importance of taking legal action when your religious rights are are being challenged. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good to have you along on this first Good News Friday for 2023, and uh, congratulations to our brother in Christ, Kirk Cameron, Uh, He didn't win one of the books we're giving away. By the way, we're still taking your calls till the top of the hour, 800-227-5278. Dr. Tracy Strawberry's book, The Courage to Heal, Moving Beyond Your Habits, Your Past, and Your Pain. She is the wife of now evangelist and former MLB great Daryl Strawberry. And this brand new book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Three copies that we're giving away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, uh, the, this story with Kirk Cameron, it, it, it's its encouraging to know that Kirk and his team were willing to, you know, take the step of faith and reach out to libraries that were hosting these so-called hours of inclusion, drag queen story hours. But it was amazing how many of them, like one, for example, um, the Raman show, or, excuse me, Rashambo Public Library in Providence, Rhode Island. Told Brave Books, Kurt's publisher, uh, we're going to have to pass on running your program in our space. We are a queer friendly library and our messaging does not allow align. What happened to open and inclusive and diversity? And you no, know, they just said, you know what, here's the deal. Uh, we like the gay people coming here and doing their stuff. We don't like the Christians coming in, so we're going to discriminate against you. A public library actually had the courage to say that, thinking that they wouldn't face an illegal action. Well, Indiana Public Library in Indianapolis. And uh, the Scarsdale Public Library in Scarsdale, New York said yes. And last week, Kirk had his, his readings. And I'm grateful that he did. I'm also grateful for organizations that are taking the stand and, 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 and running these, uh, these types of campaigns and saying, look, we will stand in the gap for you. Our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom are doing that. This is the world's largest organization committed to protecting religious freedom and free speech, and parental rights, and the sanctity of life, and marriage and family. And whenever there are people who are facing challenges like this, now I don't know if Kirk Cameron had to enlist the team like an alliance defending freedom, but ADF is working with College of the Ozarks right now on their battle in the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals against the Biden administration and their definition of you know, wanting to present the biblical marriage as the standard And College of the Ozarks, a private Christian school, private Christian university, and the courts keep ruling against them. Alliance Defending Freedom is going to fight and fight for an appeal for the decision by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals to hold them back. You know, and it's easy for us to look back and say, well, good for you, Kirk Cameron. Good for you, College of the Ozarks. You know, good for you, Laurie Jones. Good for you, Jack Phillips, everybody who's doing that. But what happens when this starts to happen in your world? What happens when your church is impacted? What happens when your son or daughter's Christian school is impacted? What happens when the knock literally comes on your door and your freedom is threatened? That's why I urge you to support Alliance Defending Freedom right now. A gift of $100 or more helps Alliance Defending Freedom protect those God-given freedoms against these uh, these unconstitutional overreaches by the government. And quite frankly, this is why they can defend their clients without the clients having to pay. And isn't it nice to know that if you were ever in a situation like this, or I was, that we could contact Alliance Defending Freedom and they would stand in the gap for us without any charge for us. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Give a gift of a hundred dollars or more and let Alliance Defending Freedom know that you support the work that they're doing to protect our God-given freedoms against these unconstitutional overreaches by the government. CrawfordMediaGroup.net is where you can make your donation right now. It's completely tax deductible. Or call 877-367-6461. 877-367-6461. Hey, let's take a quick break here for our friends at KCBC. Enjoy the rest of your day. And Dr. Rabbi Schneider is coming up next. For those who remain on the network, I mentioned we were talking baseball. How do you stay focused when life is filled with all sorts of distractions? How can you get a distraction detox? Billy Jouse is going to talk to me about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, a special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line Show, and we're going to talk about Distractions. And the thing I love about this book is, uh, it's called Distraction Detox, is Billy Joust and I have been getting to know each other here, and we've been so distracted, we haven't wandered (laughs) into the studio, actually start the recording yet. So I'm glad you're here. The the brand new book, Billy, is called Distraction Detox, Release Emotional Barriers, Restructure Priorities, and Realize God's Best. We have a link to the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Billy Joust, welcome to The Bottom Line Show.
4: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you.
0: Well, if we did not have the love of baseball that each of us have, and <laughs> yours is way bigger than mine, um, we, maybe that's for a, another time. Billy, the author of this great book, she's a, uh a, really has a passion for inspiring women in their spiritual growth. She's the author of the book called Making Room, Doing Less So God Could Do More. Uh, she's the host of the podcast called Start Small, Believe Big. And she and her husband, Dave, this is the Baseball Connection uh dave's a major leaguer uh, coach an executive uh, player they've been married for over 30 years which is a miracle in baseball world if i'm not mistaken <laughs> and she has three sons who are all working in the baseball world as well uh that can you do in 60 seconds what we just did about a half an hour here billy in terms of kind of help us understand how did you did you marry into the baseball world how did that work for you and dave getting together
4: yeah i grew up on a farm in north carolina my dad got sick when i was 12 and i had nothing to do on saturdays anymore because he leased out the farm so i started going to baseball games and that started my love of baseball met my husband he was a college baseball coach at the time we got engaged we were going to get married in may and up that december he got a pro ball job which meant no marriage in May because Pro mm. Ball is played February to October. Right. So we got married the next New Year's Eve. So I sort of married into baseball. I loved baseball. Dave and I were really good friends before we even started dating because I just was a baseball rat. I loved watching the game. And and so yeah, that started off a uh, I don't think my husband enjoyed that I liked baseball too much because he was a third base coach for a while in the minor leagues. And I'd be like, What'd you send him for? Are you crazy? You didn't need to send him. And you know, he's like, wait a minute. I I had to talk to people in the clubhouse about that. I don't want to come home to it. I'm like, well, then right. don't leave me tickets. I'll buy my own. <laughs> that way I know I paid to be able to say what I can say. And so, yeah, it's been oh. quite fun. And then raising three boys and yeah. the love and they played a lot of sports. They didn't just play baseball. I mean, we had a wrestler. Sure. Um, two of them played football. All of them played basketball. I mean, just everything you could imagine. And they also sang and danced in musicals. So that's why I prayed that the good Lord would give them talent somewhere besides mm-hmm. having to go into baseball. And then right. the Lord showed me that my my plan is not his and all three right. are now working in the game.
0: Oh, I love it. On the eighth day, God said, Billy, be quiet. I've got this. And I know He laughs at going.
4: me a lot, Roger. It he does. really that's does. True. Well, he you really know, you want to make
0: God laugh? You tell him your plans if you want to make God laugh. Amen. Uh, and I'm la- I'm chuckling just at your "Why did you send him?" comment because I can hear my mother in one ear and my wife in the other saying the same thing to me. So I, I you guys yeah. would all get along. just great. Love yeah. of baseball and not afraid to come up with the constructive criticism. And yet the reason for this book, uh, the, the distraction detox is the fact that you found yourself in a moment, just kind of saying, Hey, wait a minute, there's so much going on in my life. And I really need to, I, it's making me feel unsettled. I'm sure you're hearing from a lot of women who are saying about essentially the same thing right now.
4: Yeah, my first book was all about those external distractions. And I got really good after that book of, of be, saying no to stuff, you know, shutting things down. You know, we're all so busy and schedule stuffers and our cell phones and social media. And I got really good at controlling that. But I really went into a place of doubt and discouragement that I didn't expect because I hadn't gotten control of the emotional toxins, those Mm. distractions within my own head that kept me far from where God desired me to be. I thought I could take over my time and -hmm. get everything exactly where it should be. But I think in 2020, we all realized that even if our schedules weren't full, our thoughts were still going fast forward yes yes. and i had started working on this book before that i'd really found myself in a time of unsettledness doubt discouragement and me being the list maker sort of analytical type person that i am Uh um i started making a list of what it was that was really beating me down What, what was i thinking i had to get a hold of my thoughts and in that process that's when that process of writing it down is when i realized I am my biggest bully. No yeah. one says to me some of the horrible things I say to myself. I'm not good right. enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm whatever. And so that's where it all started with this book.
0: Mm. Billy Jouse is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, and we're talking about the distraction detox, releasing emotional barriers and restructuring priorities and realizing God's best. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Before we get into the acrostic for detox, which is so very, very helpful for men as well as for women, let's talk yes. about your faith journey. Because you really you talked about, you know, most anybody can do that kind of how do I reprioritize my time and fight this on the outside. On the inside, though, that's where you take a look at your heart. and." I can imagine yeah. for people who aren't saved, it's much more difficult to do an emotional detox than it is for someone who is. Talk about your faith journey, Billy. What, what's that been like for you?
4: Yeah, I grew up going to church and it was more of a, I, I equate it to a country club setting where you show up, you say hi, right. you leave, you don't take it with you. You know, it's just a, a club you go to. And I grew up in that, but I served in my church as a young um, kid and I'd listened to a lot of sermons and I really had a deeper spiritual connection connection than I had been taught or encouraged to have. Mm -hmm. And in high school, we used to go, I grew up in Eastern North Carolina and there was a river where the black churches would go out and baptize people and we'd go sit on the bank and watch it. And I just felt like, Lord, this is, this is what I want. I want a faith like that. I want to love Jesus like they do. And ended up going to some, some, um, more charismatic Christian type churches, holiness churches and with some friends and just, the altar talk call came and I felt like the Lord was pulling me and pushing me both at the same time to the altar. And I gave my life to Christ, but without having discipleship in my life, I fell yeah. away from the church. I sure. there, I just wasn't, I didn't know how to grow. I didn't know how to stay that way, but I was always very spiritual and prayerful. I, like I said earlier, I made God laugh a lot. I made him scratch his mm-hmm. head a lot. I made him, you know, tusk tusk me Mm-mm-mm, girl. That's mm-hmm. not the way to go a lot. Um, <laughs> But I stayed close to Jesus. And then honestly, David and I were married 10 years, and our marriage was a wreck. You alluded to yeah. it earlier. Baseball is not easy on a marriage. right? And it wasn't anything horrible that happened in our marriage. It was just he was growing in his career, and I was chasing my kids and growing as a mom. And we really grew miles and miles apart, spending so little time together. And I went to a counselor, and she said to me, "When is the one time in your life where you felt the most peace?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "When I gave my life to Jesus, you know, when I was a teenager and and going to church." And she said, "You need to go back to church." Well, the funny part of that story is we were in a part of the United States that atheism is a big part of that area, and mm-hmm. this psychologist was an atheist. She had, you know, not been, yeah, very open about spiritual things, and. Uh-huh. And she told me to go back to church. Wow. Now, Jesus can use anybody in right, any right. way uh-huh. to uh-huh. pull you back to him. And in that moment that she said it, I said, you know what? I do. I need to go back to church. And that just started a journey of me in self-reflection of not only going to counseling and trying to fix me, but building my relationship with Jesus and reading the Bible for the first time in my life, opening a Bible and seeing what God was saying and relating that to my life and I didn't tell david about it but he started going to counseling with me and he saw changes in me and one day he sat down and he goes hey what is wrong with you and i'm like (laughs) oh lots. that's why i'm going to counseling Uh and he's like no there's something different and i want to know what it is Uh and i told him i said we've been going to church and you know with the kids and me because a baseball guy they don't get to go to church on sundays sure they right. have Baseball Chapel, and Baseball mm-hmm. Chapel is an awesome organization in the, in the clubhouse that gives them a Sunday service, but David wasn't going to that because he was busy. He was busy building his career, doing what he right. needed to do, right. and so in that, I changed, and he wanted to know what it was, and then he wow. gave his life to Christ, and then... Wow. Um, yeah in 2000 december he in his testimony he always says you know in 2004 i've reached a pinnacle in my career we won the world series with the boston red sox Uh he said but that he says in his testimony but that's not the most important day in december He's, in in uh, 2004, he said that most important day was in December of 2004, when my entire family, my wife, myself, and our three boys were baptized. Mm. And that's when we as a family began to walk oh, the walk my. with Jesus. Mm. And that was huge. You know, It was oh. a huge place for us as a couple, for us in raising our children in, in just our life as a whole.
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm wiping away tears. That's, <laughs> I mean, and, and here's what makes this so special. I'm an Angels fan. I still remember Dave Henderson in nineteen eighty-six. Yeah. Okay, so the fact that Dave got a World Series ring with the Red Sox, even I'm happy for him. You know, yeah.
4: <laughs> and I shouldn't yeah.
0: be on the baseball side, but spiritually, well, as my brother in Christ, I think it's phenomenal. It's, I, what,
4: what a, it's phenomenal because it so many people play this game and and yeah. and work in this game for so many years. Mm-hmm. There are Hall of Famers that never got World Series rings, mm-hmm. you know, right. and to mm-hmm. have one is like unbelievable. That yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm proud of him. He's worked hard and he's done some great things.
0: And I love God's sense of timing, too, to say, okay, here, they're breaking the curse. You're getting a ring. This is the pinnacle, but the best is yet to come. And uh, we're going to take a quick break on that note. Billy Jouse is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Distraction Detox, Release Emotional Barriers, Restructure Priorities, and Realize God's Best. We've got a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Rest assured, at the end of this conversation, we'll be giving away at least one copy of this book as well. So make sure you're ready to dial in for that. On the other side of this break, I want to go through this acrostic that... Uh, that... Billy's come up with, to help women who, in particular, but I think guys can benefit from it too, uh, take a look at these emotional distractions, internal distractions, and find out how you can detox and then really start living the life that God has called you to live. More of my conversation with author Billy Jouse in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970, or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year, stock market off 25% in some segments, but yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that lost back.
1: It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account in an account that in the next two years can never go down. It is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is.
0: But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now.
1: The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1-4-23.
0: Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash wilsonfinancial. Billy Joust is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. By the way, that's J-A-U-S-S if you're a Scrabble player or if you're Googling along (laughs) at home. And uh, we've got a link for her brand new book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Distraction Detox, Release Emotional Barriers, Restructure Priorities, and Realize God's Best. And we've got this acrostic about detoxing that uh, I think will be a a big benefit to you. I have to ask you before we get into it, though, I mean, you get nothing but five-star ratings for this book. When is your baseball book coming out?
4: People keep asking, if you figure out what I should write about baseball, let me know because I fight with that a lot.
0: (laughs) I'll bet I'll bet what's such a big
4: I can't tell a lot of stories over the years mm-hmm. because we'd probably be banned from... Ba- no, I'm joking, but yeah. you know, <laughs> I always well, tell the- my boys, do not burn bridges. So right. if I, right. you know, That's I've perfect. got to figure out the right baseball book. So if you have sure. any ideas, let me know.
0: <laughs> just get, get 10 trusted friends who are in the baseball world, who are names that people would recognize, find 10 principles. We'll write it together. We'll have, Love a, it. We'll have a great time. Let's Love take it. a look. You, you mentioned before the break that your first book dealt with Distraction detoxing in terms of the things that happen on the outside, the managing the phone, managing the schedule, that type of stuff. And there are lots of resources and yours is great. What really got to you to write this book was the fact that you said, hey, wait a minute, there's some stuff that's going on on the inside. You know, this is more of a spiritual, emotional type of thing. So let's walk through what the detox means. The first uh, talks about the internal distractions.
4: (laughs) Yeah, the first, so I did when I was, I said earlier about making the list of those emotional toxins, I call them, that I was having, Mm -hmm. I found that it was falling into a very clear process that I was going through with these. I didn't want to stay stuck in the emotional toxins. So the D is determine those internal distractions. What are those emotional toxins that are holding you back? And then we move into evaluating those emotional barriers. Because if we don't evaluate them and figure out maybe where they came from or why, why we continue to to talk about them we can't and also to feel the feel of it because these are real feelings you know if you think you're not smart enough to do something that's a real feeling that there's a loss there well why do you feel that way we so we go through that and then we move into because i never want to stay stuck right we want (laughs) to move out of it terminating that toxin so we can hear god trust him more and go where he's calling us And then I go into the O, which is outlining a plan. Like I said earlier, I'm a pretty analytical process Mm -hmm. type person. And this is that process that we go through where we outline a plan because we can throw a dart at a wall all day long. But if there is not a true target, we'll Mm -hmm. never hit the target. So we need to outline what it is so that we can identify those uh, best things that God is desiring us to do. And then the X is execute the plan. I often say going from outlining the plan to executing the plan is going from being a potato chip Christian to a walking Christian. A potato chip Christian (laughs) sits on the couch eating their Uh, chips saying, Lord, uh work in and through me, Lord, do whatever you want to do with Uh me, but you never move off the couch. Mm. And my thing of it is take that bag of chips and start walking. Let's go. And so that's where we execute that plan.
0: Yeah, I, 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 the, I've never heard that term before, and I, I, yes. I think it's unique to yours, but that potato chip Christianity, yeah. I think is such a perfect illustration because first of all, you hear the word potato and think there's some value in it, but there's really not. Secondly, it right. kind of tastes potato-y. It's got a ton of salt. Well, I'm, we're the salt of the world, you know, I mean, let's yeah. go ahead and be salt and light. There you go. But at yeah. the end of the day, all you have is salt and crumbs all over you, and you haven't really accomplished anything except exactly. added maybe 10 pounds to your waistline. So, yeah. I mean, there yeah. we go. Well, this, this is so helpful. Give us an example of how something like this has played out in your life, uh, Billy Joust, because if we were to detox, we want to determine the distraction, evaluate the barriers, terminate the toxins, outline a plan and then execute it. It sounds very game plan-y. What does it look like in real life?
4: Yeah, for me, it was really taking all those, those toxic thoughts that I was telling myself, I'm not good enough. I'm fear, you know, I'm fearful of something. When I did an evaluation of what these emotional toxins, they really fell into three categories and those three categories are fear, unbelief and shame and guilt. And I know shame mm-hmm. and guilt are two, but mm-hmm. you don't have shame without having guilt and you don't have guilt without having shame. And in those three categories, that's where a lot, and doing some online research and in, in polling, Facebook, um, Facebook followers and Instagram followers and all that. Those are the three main categories we fell in. And for me, one of the biggest ones was fear of success more than fear of failure because Mm. if I succeed then I have to continue on with it you know however there was a that I can't I'm not good enough to do it that fear of not being good enough so even if I succeeded I may not think I'm good enough and it's all these things are coming at you in your mind maybe your mind doesn't work like mine but it just all these things are being thrown at you so then I took them one by one and one of the ones I I cling to even (laughs) during writing the book after writing the book and this didn't come up into my mind until after I wrote the book so sorry that this book isn't a one and done you're healed you're moving on because <laughs> we continue to have thoughts thrown at us was mm-hmm. that I'm not good enough to write a book well clearly I am I have two books out at this point and I'm like okay so why do I keep thinking this after I have two books out and I started delving into it well in ninth grade I had an English teacher who asked if anyone wanted to say what they thought the author was talking about in this book. And I raised my hand and I gave my whole hearty effect of what I felt like the author was saying in this book. And she basically told me I didn't know what I was talking about. And the best thing for me to do was to stay quiet.
3: Oh, wow! So
4: in that moment of my defiancy as a 14 year old girl, (laughs) I said, I'll never read a book again. I'm not good enough to read a book. I'm not going to read a book. Well, wow. what do people tell you? If you're going to be a good writer, you need to be a, a reader. Well, I did pick up reading again in my thirties when we were in Venezuela doing winter ball in Venezuela and there wasn't a whole lot of TV or it was all Spanish speaking and sometimes I just needed English. So I grab a book from the gift store and read the book. So I had started reading again, but in my mind, I still wasn't good enough to read. I wasn't smart enough to read because of what that teacher told me. I didn't remember that until this past year. Hmm. And in remembering that, I thought about how it made me feel. And then I realized, wait a minute, that was only about 15 words that she said to me when if I remember correctly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I've held on to it. I'm not 14 anymore. I'm 55. Wow. I've wow. held on to it a long time and I've allowed that to stop me from stepping into where God was calling me for so long. Mm-hmm. He called me to write back in 2003. I wrote baseball devotions for baseballchapel.org, you know, mm-hmm. I just sent it in. I wasn't a writer. I just, you know, jotted down thoughts and sent it in to someone to write it or whatever. You know, I allowed that to hold me back from where God desired me to be and to step into the lives of these wives and, and girlfriends and women in baseball. And I allowed that to hold me back for so long. So after I'd evaluated that, I terminated it with some scripture for me, you know, and, and one of them is Galatians 5.1. If it, it is for freedom that Christ has set us for, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery i allowed that yoke of slavery that i wasn't a good reader that i didn't know what an author was talking about hold me back for way too many years when the lord was calling me into a place that i didn't think i was qualified for Mm. And then I, you know, I outlined a plan of overcoming that, overcoming that obstacle. So I did experience the peace and it has been so freeing here. I've written two books and now I actually can say I'm an author before. I was like, oh, I write, you know, I just write, (laughs) yeah, I got two books, you know, Uh but I just write. But now i'm very bold and sane i'm an author not just yes. because i have two books because this is where god has called me yes. and i am going to do it to the best of my ability to glorify him and all that i do
0: it's amazing how you have been so focused on get god's best for your husband for your sons for their careers mm-hmm. in spite of your prayers you know to keep <laughs> them out of baseball and yet Amen. god had a plan for them. Amen. but, but <laughs> now it's only been recently that you've been willing to let him speak that into your life as yeah. well, and I and it, so it's 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 even more inspiring that the detox that you've been through, uh, not only with the exterior with your scheduling and everything, but what's been happening on the inside uh, in your heart in your spirit. Uh, it really is true, and the proof is really in the pudding, and that pudding yeah. is the brand new book, Distraction Detox: Release Emotional Barriers, Restructure Priorities, and Realize God's Best by my guest today, Billy Joust. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Billy, as I mentioned earlier, the time passed by way too quickly. So we're going to have to have this conversation again. And especially we'll work on that new book with all the baseball players and the kind of baseball angle, because that, (laughs) that seems like it would just write itself coming from you. But anyway, thank you for, thank you for your obedience to your call. Thanks for your time and being with us today here on the program. So great to get to know you, Billy Jobs.
4: Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this.
0: All right. I love our, our Good News Friday baseball theme to kick off the first Good News Friday of 2023. And thanks again, Billy Jouse, uh, for giving us a glimpse of what the Distraction Detox is all about, releasing emotional barriers, restructure priorities, and realizing God's best for your life. There's a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. And we do have a copy of the book to give away right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. uh, Distraction Detox. Hey, everybody's starting on diets and things like that, maybe new devotionals. We're six days into the year, which means most of us have pretty much dumped out on our New Year's resolutions already. So here's a perfect opportunity to get a reset on this. Um, the book Distraction Detox by Billy Jouse is up at thebottomlineshow.com. We've got a copy that we're giving away right now. Give Crystal a call at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But The first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, You know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now, they've had the ultrasound, you've seen the picture, you've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else? Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound Either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own, or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk, it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says "Preborn." Cute little baby there, wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn. Make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year. So give a gift right now. My thanks again to uh, author, speaker, and baseball wife, Billy Jouse, for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Uh, Billy's husband, Dave, has been a major league coach for over 30 years, and they've lived in 15 cities in their 30 years together, raising three sons. They've been to Venezuela, been to the Dominican. They serve a, a number of different ministry outreaches there, but she's written a book that will help all of us here at the start of the year keep our priority on what's important and to literally detox from the distractions in life. Her book is called Distraction Detox, Release Emotional Barriers, Restructure Priorities, and Realize God's Best. We've got a link for the book at thebottomlineshow.com. Got a copy of the book we're giving away right now at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line, which she talks about, when Billy talks about these, uh, the need for detoxing in certain areas, uh, she really is talking about this as an internal, not external. It's not just about saying, uh, put the phone on the charger at nine o'clock and don't watch TV after 10. It's, I mean, those are all good things to do to help you with your sleep and your rest, et cetera, et cetera. But she's talking about the internal barriers, if you will, the things that you carry around in your mind and in your heart. And and she's it's for women, but I think it's a big help for guys too. Literally, you determine the, the internal distractions, you evaluate the emotional barriers, you terminate the toxins that you hear and trust. And then you outline a plan to identify God's best and you execute the plan. Uh, this is really just a question of how do we make the plan and, you know, you plan your work and work your plan as the case may be. But in the same way Billy Jouse has done this and understanding as a baseball wife, uh, Dr. Tracy Strawberry uh, also ex- understands that as well. And, uh, you know, it's it, I love the fact that both of these women have this professional sports background because of their husbands, and yet God is using them today to speak to each of us in terms of uh, you know, finding the courage to heal and moving beyond habits and uh, uh, the past and pain to and deal with the things that happened behind, deal with things that are happening right now, and then to move forward. Um, as we make this new year, a year that I think is a time to dedicate ourselves to our Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just take the final moments of our time together here on this Good News Friday. We celebrate here on this day of Epiphany, the 12th day of Christmas, as it were. Uh, we celebrate the gift of your Son. We celebrate the gift. I've heard that spoken so many times by so many people from all different Christian denominations, but uh, the gift of Jesus Christ is you saying to us, I love this world that I created, and I want to redeem it, and I want to restore it. And the first place we have to restore is to make a way for the re-establishing of a relationship between you, God, and us, and the birth of Christ leads to the death and resurrection of Christ, which leads to ultimately us spending eternity with him. For anyone who's going on a pilgrimage right now where it feels like they're kind of in exile, they, they, their, their faith doesn't feel good, that their church kind of blew up, or maybe they moved to an area, maybe they're in a new life situation without a partner they've had for many years, and, and I just pray, Father, that you would give peace and direction to all those who are wandering that lonely road, but for those of us in the body of Christ you are beginning to see more clearly that you're bringing us all together as one body, help us to enjoy that celebration, help us to enjoy that unity, and to show that unity to the, all the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line.